the American Express Shaping Insights podcast. A lot of people focus on the differences between fashion and technology. And I think there's actually a lot more similarities than people initially think of. Online sales doubled over the past two years. And globally, online is influencing up to 85% of all purchases. Hello and welcome to the Shaping Insights podcast presented by American Express, where we bring you expert perspectives on the latest trends in the luxury, travel and digital industries. I'm Jonathan Wingfield, Editor-in-Chief of System Magazine, and I'll be your host for this episode. Maria McClay is the brilliant Director of Fashion and Beauty at Google Cloud. She is one of the early translators between the fashion and tech industries, with a true passion for helping companies embrace new disruptive practices to enhance their innovation and creativity. While at Google, Maria has been leading a project with Stella McCartney to launch a Google Cloud pilot, which compiles supply chain data to help brands make more sustainable sourcing decisions. Maria has also worked with the British Fashion Council to establish a mentorship program to help emerging designers achieve their strategic goals. And in addition to this, Maria is one of the founding mentors for Fash Mash's Young Pioneer program, designed to support and nurture the next generation of industry talent. Maria's career history spans from finance to fashion, and prior to her new role at Google Cloud, Maria held a senior position at Google's Head of Luxury. Today, Maria will be offering her insights into the future of the fashion, beauty, and technology industries, and what interesting shifts she is seeing across the landscape. We're absolutely honored that Maria has taken time out of her day to chat to us. So welcome, Maria. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Let's jump straight into this, Maria. I'm really keen just to get an idea of your career path How did you start your career? And let's sort of talk about the experiences you'd have professionally that lead up to your current role as Director of Fashion and Beauty at Google Cloud. My career has been anything but linear. It's been really interesting, but kind of giving you some context. Initially, I wanted to start my career working in international impact investing. So really simply working in private equity, but investing in companies that not only generated return, but from a financial point of view, but also social return. So I started my, my career at McKinsey. I went to business school after that at Harvard. And it was really at that point that I had the time and space to think expansively about my career, about what I really wanted to do. And I had the opportunity to work on a field study with Tori Birch when she had just five stores. And I fell in love with luxury. I loved the consumer the product. I got hooked on why people bought different things and also a very unique industry, which really married creativity with business. So I moved to Gucci where I had several operational and strategic roles. There became a new opportunity that came up to work alongside the new CEO in a strategic and operational role and eventually helped build out a team And I would say, you know, those three years that I spent working alongside the CEO were in many ways, I think, much more challenging and difficult than any master I'd ever uh, studied for, but incredibly satisfying. I decided to join Google and to move over to tech because in the roles that I had within Gucci, I saw how digital and technology was fundamentally shaping the entire industry. And I thought, well, what's better place to go to not only increase my knowledge, 
but also, you know, work with a number of different companies and have an impact far beyond just one at a point that I, I thought could be pretty pivotal as the luxury sector was starting to transition and, and viewing technology in a much different way. I've been working within our luxury and our fashion teams, and I recently moved from our luxury team to running our Google Cloud business across fashion, luxury, and beauty. My team continues to partner deeply with leading retailers and brands. Within my current role, I'm going much deeper in terms of our cutting edge machine learning and AI technologies and platforms, which I truly think will be the next wave of transition for the industry, which is really exciting. Culturally, um, Maria, you said obviously, you know, you had a period at Gucci, obviously one of you know, the world's leading uh, luxury fashion brands and retailers. Culturally, what would you say was the principal difference between that experience with the brand and then moving to Google? A lot of people focus on the differences between fashion and technology. And I think there's actually a lot more similarities than people initially think of. I do think that they're both immensely creative industries where you're constantly creating new product. It could be, you know, dresses or handbags or in the world of technology, new product applications. So I think that spirit of innovation and creativity is very much present in both. Clearly, uh, there are different products that are created, but I think that if you, if you kind of take a step back, that, that creative destruction environment where you're always looking for the next innovation, you're always pushing yourself and you find people that are really passionate about what they're doing. Culturally, at Google, what was a big difference? I think for me, one of the big differences, there's this whole idea of you're free to fail. Absolutely have super big ambitions, like super big. And if you achieve 80% of them, that's great because essentially you'll push your innovation so much further. Could you also, just before we get into the rest of the conversation, just tell me about the transition that you've had within Google from working within the previous position you had at Google to now your current position at Google Cloud. And so people can really understand the differences between and the differentiation or indeed the similarities between Google and Google Cloud. So within uh, Google, it's still the same part of the same organization. It's still within Google. And in my previous role, was partnering very deeply with luxury and also with fashion brands and essentially being a connector in many ways to helping them understand how we could help them achieve their strategic priorities using Google tech. So very much so working together with CEOs, CMOs, and COOs and across the broader business to figure out how we can help, whether it's through YouTube or advertising products, or even just getting ahead of consumer trends, how we could help put in place a plan with them to realize their goals. In terms of Google Cloud, essentially my role and my job is still partnering with those companies, but going much deeper in terms of our Google Cloud technologies and looking much more deeply in terms of how we can help them using specifically cloud technology and our advanced machine learning and artificial intelligence capabilities to help them achieve their goals. So that could be everything from helping them personalize the product that they have stocked on their shelf, better being able to communicate with their customers, again, using AI and machine learning to think through, you know, what that actually means, what emails they prioritize, what communication they send to their customers. So really it's using our technology, our cloud processing and data to figure out how to really 
serve up much better and more personalized customer experiences. So I would say it still has the same scope, but just much more deep in an area where, quite frankly, I think it's going to be the next wave of innovation for retailers. So for me and my team, I think it's a great, uh, great new frontier to partner with luxury brands. Within the career journey that I outlined, I think that I've learned some pretty big lessons from these moves. I've learned that I'll carry on for me, which I think have been absolutely crucial is the importance of taking those calculated risks. So having a plan, but being open or being curious about what else is out there, having the courage to learn. I think choosing the right kind of culture, as you mentioned before, and also people that you're working for is, is the most fundamental And then also making sure that it fits with your personal considerations, um, which is incredibly important to me as well. So those considerations have been things that you've certainly you've certainly had in your mind every step of the way of your career. Then, when anyone starts the early stages of their career, you uh, sometimes make different decisions based upon different factors. But these have been lessons that I've learned absolutely throughout, and I think that over time they become much more reinforced. I think having passion for whatever you're doing is the most important. You can do anything for two years, but beyond that, it's just not worth it. So yes, there are lessons that I think I've learned over my career so far, and I continue to keep with me. Although it was more traditionally considered a a bricks and mortar business, we're all experiencing uh, luxury retail and its very quick adaptation of its sales strategy in through its new digital ways to reach customers. And I'm curious to know, Maria, how this transition has happened on your own platform in this industry. The fashion industry has shown great resilience and creativity and agility. And luxury brands in particular have leaned into technology as an enabler of change and of optimism and of possibility. Speaking about some of the players in the field, you know, online became the only channel for them overnight. Uh, Bain estimated that overall online sales doubled over the past two years. And globally, online is influencing, even if people are not transacting online, up to 85% of all purchases. So a big change. Now, brands, uh, Jonathan, as you mentioned, and from what we saw, is they, they responded rapidly. And I think initially because they had no choice, they leaned in to selling online. Uh, We saw people opening up entire new websites and online commerce in a matter of weeks, as opposed to what it would have taken pre-pandemic years. Products of brands that were off limit all of a sudden started to be sold online, in particular with fine watches and jewelry, which have a very, very high price point. So Patek Philippe, for instance, started to be sold online. In terms of you know, other big changes. Last spring, we saw it searches for curbside pickup grew by 3000% year over year alongside remote selling. So remote selling quite simply, uh, Gucci was one of the first. They set up something called Gucci Live where they set up mock stores and they had their sales staff sell virtually for the first time to customers to be able to, to show them what products looked like in a mock-up store. The industries, from what we saw, they started to embrace online video as consumers started to spend more time there for us on YouTube and social distancing limited in-person events. The idea of perfection gave way to authenticity 
and experimentation. Now, we often talk, Maria, about this idea of engagement between a brand and a consumer, and there's also obviously audience acquisition. Tell me about the ways that Google Cloud, and you referred before about data and so forth, and the different Google tools that you have available to work with brands, how brands are able these days to engage with their consumers and vice versa. There's many different ways and there's many more tools available than there have been in the past. I mean, YouTube and online video has been one of the major ways that brands have been able to communicate and, you know, present a little bit more of their authentic self, show a little bit more behind the scenes. In addition to working with collaborators, working with influencers and also having them and giving them the the format to share a little bit more about what their point of view is in terms of brands. We see it in terms of engagement as well with, as you mentioned, Jonathan, with personalization, being able to use data to understand much more what consumers want to hear from a brand, how they want to hear, how they want to engage, and getting a much more granular view of what their preferences are. Again, using it from a data point of view. Uh, What Google Cloud essentially allows companies to do is to take the data and see patterns and trends within it to be able to come to actions and insights much more easily. So whereas before, a brand could spend a few weeks trolling through you know, many different reports and trying to understand what consumers really wanted, you get a much more closer to real-time uh, sense of whether or not something is working in a store, whether or not communications are resonating with customers and how to best serve them up at personalized content so they have a better experience. What about the all-important uh, brand loyalty? Obviously, there's one thing, you know, there's the acquisition of an audience and a, and a consumer, but with fashion and, and beauty being such crowded and competitive marketplaces, what do you think about sort of customer brand loyalty and from, from a Google Cloud perspective? Customer loyalty, absolutely, Jonathan. Incredibly important, particularly over the past year, year and a half, the pandemic, Consumers have actually become even more fickle and ready to switch brands. And that's partially have been driven by stock that's been available, but also consumer preferences that have been changing and brand preferences that are far beyond just even product. Customers become much more demanding in terms of what they want it in terms of personalization. They want it to be able to transact anytime, anywhere uh, with a huge, huge rise in social commerce. And while people became more likely to consider new brands, there was also more support for local brands. Support for local businesses grew by about 2,000% last year, year over year. And companies that stood for something and they took a meaningful position, particularly sustainability, which is crucial for many, but particularly for Generation Z and inclusion, became incredibly important factors as to whether or not someone would, would switch brands. McKinsey recently announced a study that even today, as many as 30 to 40% of consumers are continuing to switch brands or retailers, and that's particularly younger consumer demographics. And they're not just looking for greater value, but also to support brands that have, uh, that that stand, stand for something. And so going back to customer loyalty, yes, it's about engagement. Um, Yes, it's about creating that personalized experience and getting back in touch with consumers and being able to service them, not just at acquisition, but also in terms of helping retain them. But part of them today, and I think the paradigm that's been shifted, is that it's also about what, what companies stand for. And this presents a great challenge for brands, but also a great opportunity to connect with consumers on a more personal level and provide them not just with that personalized product experience, but also share a bit more about what they stand for as well. 
You were mentioning before, uh, Marie, you were talking about AI and some of the other um, technical innovations sort of at the heart of the digital world right now across luxury, fashion and beauty. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's such a fascinating, it's such a sort of an insightful, um, these, these components so insightful to look towards the future. Tell me more about what you can say about these sort of things. The two technological innovations that I'm most excited about across fashion and beauty and luxury are really uh, the increases in augmented reality and virtual reality adoption with higher experiences right now being enabled by 5G. And the second area, again, as you mentioned, is really the advances that we've seen in AI and machine learning with all the tools and endless applications. We've seen Nike during this period of time, they created the House of Innovation and they had a really interesting in-store activation where they created the look and feel of going and visiting Smith Rock State Park in Oregon using AR and QR codes scattered throughout the store in a very um, socially distant, safe way that gave people that experience of you know, better understanding their brand and having these, you know, a new kind of animation to the store, which I think we'll continue to see. In terms of AI machine learning, essentially what it helps you do is use data to create things like personalized assortments. So going into your local shop, having the right assortment, not just of sizes, of colors, and of product, but using the data within that area to figure out what actually is going to resonate with those consumers. How can I minimize markdowns? And that store will be completely different than the store, you know, even just five miles away. And before that used to be quite difficult to do, but now using real-time data signals and historical information, it's much, much easier. So you can predict what items there should be by store. You can even do this by online browsing, being customized to reflect your preferences. That you go on, you get your own site created for you. I think it was very.co.uk in 2015, the 2.5 million versions of their homepage website. Now we're seeing a world where you can literally have infinite amounts of personalization on on-site browsing, which again, just gives you a much better personal experience. Now, sustainability, obviously, as we all know, is a critical global issue. Um, so within that, how can fashion and the beauty industries utilize digital innovation to, to genuinely implement positive change? This is a, an area, Jonathan, I'm really passionate about. I think that sustainability is something that is, is absolutely crucial. And it's been really inspiring to see how the industries have lent in. I do think that digital innovation can help be a tool again and an enabler to address um, some of the issues that we're seeing. How? Again, with the use of data, I think you can do a massive amount in terms of better supply chain prediction. How can you help use data and information real time what customers are purchasing or what they would like to anticipate trends? How can you use that information to only put in production what's really needed and then ship it to the right location to eliminate wastage? Now, this saves companies cost, but it's also a massive saving to the environment. I'm also really excited about 3D design. We've seen companies such as Tommy Hilfiger, which is really leaned in, Ralph Lauren, to be able to simply iterate and create more samples without creating kind of that wastage and also, this has allowed, and I think will allow, collaboration across uh, more geographies and allowing people while they're working remotely. I think that 
Physical design is incredibly important, but this might help in terms of the prototyping stage, which we know is a really important part of creating gorgeous products. The last two, visual recognition. So one of the major issues within, particularly in beauty, but also in fashion, is the use of plastic for packaging. And so we have been able to use our vision AI technology with Lush, where they have an app. So you can walk into any of their stores and they have decided not to use plastic packaging, but instead you can use this app, scan the product using Vision AI. And on your phone will come up all kinds of information about that product. And so you can, you know, you don't need the packaging to do that. And lastly, I think that where digital innovation can come to play is providing brands with the information to easily or more easily access the environmental impact and measure progress against goals, which simply is a data data gap or a data solution that, again, machine learning AI can help put into play. One of um, the projects I'd particularly like you to talk about is the fact that you've been partnering with Stella McCartney on a particularly groundbreaking combination of, of technology and sustainability. Tell us a little bit about the, the project, the, the key learnings from the project, but also how some of the learnings and the takeaways from, from the experience could potentially be applied um, across different industries as well. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. This is a project that is incredibly important to me. We've been working together with Stella McCartney and the WF Sweden, along with a number of other athletic, fashion and luxury brands to create essentially a raw material sourcing platform powered by Google Cloud technology to allow brands to more easily make uh, more responsible sourcing decisions at the very earliest stages of the supply chain. So essentially at the very earliest stages where actually the data there is the most opaque. The intention of this tool has always been to create something that's complementary to existing tools in the industry, but using Google Cloud technology, as well as some of the data that we have within our Firth engine, using NASA satellite data, geospatial data, um, really using that to help fill in some of the important data gaps so that brands can have more real-time access to the information so they can not only make more informed decisions, but also so that they can figure out what actions they can take to partner with those communities. So I think that this idea and what we've learned is that partnerships are really important. Working together in industries that might not necessarily come together, like fashion and technology or conservation, incredibly important to kind of find those 10x solutions. And I think to your point, like what can other industries learn? I think this idea of partnerships that might come from different areas, as well as trying to go back to like what actually are we solving and where can we each contribute? I think that's something that can be easily referenced to other industries for sure. Throughout your career, you've often spoken about being very passionate about helping the next generation of, of fashion leaders. So in what specific ways are Google and obviously in particular Google Cloud are able to support emerging and, and creative talent? So upon uh, joining Google, I was really fortunate to partner with the British Fashion Council, helping to create a program that would help match mentors with Google with emerging designers. And so we ran digital workshops with them, whether it's how they think about international expansion or upskilling on some of our digital tools or creating content on YouTube. And this was incredibly satisfying as the BFC is doing so much to support the design community. And it was great to be a small part of much larger efforts at um, the British Fashion Council. I do believe, Jonathan, quite 
significantly that it's important to give back. And I've been uh, fortunate to do some ad hoc lectures at fashion schools like Matagoni. And it's been incredibly satisfying to hear firsthand from students what their demands are, what their challenges that they're facing. And I'm always blown away by their ambition and the potential of this next generation. Yet one of the activities that I've been most most passionate about and what's meant the most to me recently is a program that was launched last year called Fashmass's Young Pioneers Program. The program matched 12 mentors with brilliant mentees from a highly selected pool at the start of their careers to help support them and nurture the next generation of talent. This program was designed to be inclusive, but was particularly in support of uh, individuals that are under 25 years of age from ethnic minorities or low income economic backgrounds. And this program designed a series of networking events educational panels, and one-on-one monthly mentoring. And here I worked with a brilliant woman, Lucy, as she was making a big uh, career change within the industry, which required a lot of bravery and a lot of grit. And I'm really proud that the steps that she took helped her reach closer to her dreams. And in your view, Marie, what makes a truly great creative leader? And, and what advice would you give to the leaders of the future? I think humility is one big characteristic that is often not spoken of enough. One of my earliest bosses taught me that in the creative industry, and he'd been around for a number of years, that the best leaders let their creatives fly. They let them spread their wings, fly, dream big, be bold. And this is how true innovation occurs, not by imitating by what's done, but setting the direction for the future. And that doesn't come by putting kind of constraints, whether they be financial constraints or design constraints. You need to allow creatives to be creative. That's, that's their role. It's incredibly difficult to be a creative leader. Um, it's really, I think, in many ways, one of the few industries you mix between art and business. Yeah, no, it's very wise. I, uh, obviously, you know, everything that you do at, at Google Cloud is, is inherently about the future. Big question to end on. What does the future look like in the universes of of tech, of luxury fashion and sustainability? And where do we go next? Yeah, so I don't have the crystal ball and I don't have all the answers. I wish I did. Um, But what I will say is even though, you know, challenges have reemerged, I'm really optimistic and I'm excited about the possibilities of these areas which continue to converge between tech and luxury and fashion sustainability. There's so many more partnerships than there were in the past and willingness to collaborate between brands with seemingly in unrelated sectors and sometimes within the same sectors. I think this is going to really drive new solutions and forms the creativity, which for me is really exciting. So I don't know what it is, but I know that uh, the continued collaboration will be uh, pushing the boundaries again. Moreover, what I also am excited about is I think the rule book of what was permissible before and the rule book now has completely gone out the window. The fashion sector has been super brave um, and has experimented over the past year much more than I've seen in, in many other sectors and over my career. And sustainability, for the first time, I think we can clearly say, has become mainstream. And there's a greater sense of urgency. For me, technology will always be an enabler. And there are many possibilities of what can be done today than in the past. But what what ultimately will be required is courage and agility and a real desire to experiment and innovate. I think we can firmly say 
that that's absolutely been present today. I've been super impressed by how the sectors lean in, how they've engaged, and how they're doing things much more differently than I ever imagined possible just two years ago. The creative and fashion sectors have always pushed the boundaries, and I'm really excited that myself at Google Cloud and the whole industry get to be enablers and be part of this really exciting process. Okay, well, thank you, Maria. Thanks so much for joining us and for sharing your thoughts for this Shaping Insights uh, podcast. Thanks so much, Jonathan, it's been a pleasure. We are honored to have heard your invaluable insights and obviously it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. We very much hope you enjoyed this Shaping Insights podcast presented by American Express. Don't do business without it.